Welcome to season two of the Breakaway Breakdown podcast, the official podcast of the Breakaway Roping Journal. This season, we're bringing you all the interviews you love with the top ropers in the game, news about what's happening in the industry, training tips, and so much more. Plus, we're expanding to bring you news from other events that you love, like goat tying and tie down roping. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. All righty, everybody. Here's the second episode in our rapid fire pre NFBR series. And today's guest, as you all know, is just one of my favorite ropers in the business, male or female, doesn't matter. I think that Larry D. Guy is one of the absolute goats of the sport. I promise I'm not just sucking up, but I started learning from Larry D. about 10 years ago. And I know that she was teaching way before that. She is responsible for so many breakaway ropers in the sport. She's trained calf ropers, calf horses, breakaway horses, team roping horses, you name it. I I have threatened to put her on one of my barrel horses, but we have not got it done yet. But I am confident she could handle it. Larry D is just an all-around wealth of knowledge in all aspects of the sport. So when I have questions about like the real hardcore topics. She's always at the top of my list. I am so excited for this interview. We're going to talk about some great breakaway horses of the past. Make sure to go to breakawayropingjournal.com. I'm going to link that in the podcast show notes on the website so you can go through a list of those horses on your own. As Larry D says in the interview, there is too many to talk about. We could talk for hours, but Our conversation kind of evolved to talk about some things that she's doing as a trainer and what she's seeing other trainers doing as the sport of breakaway roping and the sport of tie down roping evolve. So this is a little bit of a crossover episode. As you guys know, Larry D. Guy has had that winning partnership with Trevor Brazil for many years. Her and him go back and forth on horses all the time. They still collaborate a lot, work together on horses, and they've made some outstanding mounts through the years. We're also going to talk a little bit about the breakaway horse market. So if you guys are looking for a breakaway horse, we're going to talk about some of the things you want to expect out of your breakaway horses, some things that you need to really be competitive, and a little bit about the horses that are going to be at the NFBR this year. Again, if you want to learn more about the horses of the NFBR, I'm going to link those in the podcast show notes. So you guys are going to have all the resources that you need to geek out. Today's episode is brought to you by Gold Buckle Horse Sales. Gold Buckle Horse Sale has come up with a process to take the guesswork out of finding the right horse and allowing both buyer and seller to find the perfect match with confidence. Each horse consigned through Gold Buckle Sales is professionally photographed, videoed, and demoed by a professional Gold Buckle Pro. I'm going to tell you more about Gold Buckle at the commercial break, but if you are dying to check them out, visit goldbucklehorsesale.com. All right, let's jump right in to today's horse market and great breakaway horses conversation with the one and only goat, Larry D. Guy. Thank you for letting me bug you. I figured there's nobody to talk about great breakaway horses of the past, present, and future like the one and only Larry D. Guy. So You're so precious. <laughs> I only speak the truth. Okay. <laughs> But to kick things off, I really wanted to talk about, you know, I, I've seen the like 10 great breakaway horses story that's on Breakaway Roping Journal, and I'm sure you had input there. Um, but I want to talk about some of the great breakaway horses of the past that people might have forgot about um, and a little ones that have stuck out uh, for you over the years. Well, 
you know, there's there's been a lot of great horses throughout the years from, you know, way back even before, you know, before I was really breakaway roping. We could probably um, talk for hours on, on that one. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I had a I had a little breakaway horse when I I, I guess I got her when I was two years old and I rode her until I was 19 and uh, she, her name was Ratty and I, I named her it too. So that's how she got that name. But anyway, you know, she was just one of those little horses that just always scored and would just follow the calf anywhere, never would get tight. She had a terrible stop, but as a little kid, you know, that I felt, and my, you know, my parents felt like, you know, it's so much easier for a little kid to, um, you know, rope on something that doesn't get tight. And that little mare would never get tight. And, you know, she gave me great opportunities at a, at a young age. And, you know, there was a horse, I think we talked about, uh, Diablo that belonged to Tibba Smith mm-hmm. that she rode as a kid. And he was that kind. He had so much slide. He always scored and you know track so well um man i could go on and on on about you know like on a bunch of different ones and how they've and and even on how they've evolved Mm -hmm. you know breakaway horses have changed you know things are things are changing what are some things that do you think have been is it in the training or is it the expectations on the horses um or is it a change in like styles I feel it's a style that's changed, you know, for years, you, like the way that I had trained horses, I trained a lot of calf horses, and I trained my horses to stop at the top of the slack, if that makes sense, Um, not when you were dragging the slack, and right now, that would be such a free breakaway horse, I mean, that horse would be late or free. And, you know, new way of training them, and even a lot of the calf horses, um, is on the drag of the slack. I mean, things are getting so fast, and and the way that the styles of breakaway and the styles of calf roping has changed. I mean, it's just a different different way of even training them. That makes sense. I I have noticed that in the calf roping a little bit. Like, it seems like they used to wait it out another step. Yeah, and there's still a few guys out there that rope great and win a lot of money that, you know, get in the stirrup and wait and have great timing in the stirrup. And then there's those guys that rope so fast, you know, and mm-hmm. and get off so fast that they um, – it's just a different style. They like a tighter type horse. I guess even in the heading, too, we've seen that, that happen on a different – I mean, as far as – I'm thinking of how tie-down ropers are almost roping a little bit more like breakaway, where it used to be so different, but then I feel like headers are coming out and looking for that throw quicker, too. Oh, absolutely. That's, you know, that's who I I watch. I watch how they get their swing off. I watch how they leave the corner. I mean, I I study the headers uh, more than I study anybody. For sure. And then as far as... Some of the great horses that are still going. Um, I know Samantha Fulton's was one that you really loved, and I'm sure there's some horses going to the finals this year that that are impressive. I know, I know, we, I know we've got the Annas and the Babies, um, but some of those other ones. 
Yeah, you know, like I look at, you know, the two you just mentioned, I mean, they're great in every situation. Mm -hmm. You know, it it doesn't matter if you score them out, if you if it's fast, you know, if it's just right there in the middle, whatever, those are great, you know, great mares. Well, they're all great. You know, I mean, Martha's going to have one or two there that are really good. Um, Haley Williams. I, I don't, I don't know what all the girls are riding, but, um, you know, Aaron Johnson's got two great horses and Josie's going to have Tonka back out there. Well, and he of course is one of the great ones. He's one of those as, you know, as well, that is, uh, good in any, you know, good in any situation. And there's, uh, I don't know what Munsell's going to ride, but you know, last year she won so much money on monster, you know, and, um, yeah, Colonel's Colonel's a really cool horse. So that's probably what she's going to start on out there. Muscle, mm-hmm. uh, and then I don't know if Ricky will start on the Bay or the Gray, but you know she Ricky's so dang handy. You know, like <laughs> she can she can win on on anything. And one thing that you know that a lot of people watch her Bay, and um, you know he leans and does some stuff in the box, but it doesn't even matter. I mean that horse runs so hard and. To the calf right there and kills the rope i mean there's you know all those horses have a strength of some sort you know we mm-hmm. we're not you don't really ever have the perfect breakaway horse you know they're like you said you know probably baby or on like those ones like that might be the you know more versatile um brady good has a great great horse a great horse that's in the summer for sure he runs so fast um you know, Aaron will probably ride the yellow, and I think we talked about Bubba in the top ten. You know, great breakaway horses, and then her yellow horse is, you know, just as good. I mean, she's got great horses. Uh, all the girls do. I mean, it's um, it's just um, it's really cool to see how great the breakaway horses have really gotten, and how great the girls have gotten that they wrote. Let's take a quick break to talk about today's sponsor of the Breakdown Podcast, Gold Buckle Horse Sales. Years of experience have taught the Gold Buckle Horse team that buying the right horse can sometimes be tricky. From looks to athleticism to bloodlines and so much more, there are a ton of factors that go into finding the right horse for you at your experience level. Gold Buckle Horse Sale has come up with a process to take the guesswork out of finding the right horse and allowing both buyer and seller to find the perfect match with confidence. Each horse is photographed and videoed by a professional as well as tested out by a Gold Buckle Pro. So here's how the process works. Consigners submit an application to participate in the Gold Buckle Sale. The application will be looked over and you will be contacted by a Gold Buckle Pro. Once the horse is confirmed, the consigner will complete the intake form and enter the horse into the gold buckle sale. Now, during that time, the gold buckle pro will be setting up the demo for the horse and also those professional pictures and videos. Consigners will receive a location, date, and time with the gold buckle pro that's in their area to demo the horse. Then the horse will be professionally photographed and the preview with the Gold Buckle Pro will be videoed. So the Gold Buckle Pro will go through their checklist, including the appearance of the horse, any blemishes it might have. They'll pick up all four feet, spend some time around it, put the saddle on, put the bridle on. 
The Gold Buckle Pro will also ride the horse, give their professional opinion, and kind of let people know what they can expect out of the horse. This means that the consigner will have a completely unbiased third-party impression and opinion on the horse. Once the once the preview is done, the pictures and videos are all in, they will upload your horse to the site with all of the information and put it in one of their sales. Gold Buckle provides seven days of marketing around that horse, which takes place before and during the sale. Now, once the sale is complete, you will be presented with the highest money bid on your horse. From there, you will be put in contact with the buyer and you will arrange transfer pay and you will arrange transportation for the horse. Find out more about the process, upcoming sales, and how you can get involved at goldbucklehorsesale.com. Again, that's goldbucklehorsesale.com. Alrighty, back to today's episode. So with as many horses as, as you've seen through the years, and maybe for people that don't just know what to look for in a breakaway horse, what are the things that to you make a good breakaway horse, like the boxes they need to check? And then what are those qualities that take it to the next level and make that horse great? You know, a good breakaway horse, um, I think they need to be, you know, not really big, be able to be quick footed, short necked, um, score, you know, say pace the calf, rate the calf, kill the rope, you know, things like that. You know, when you, when you set apart the great ones, um, the great ones that I notice, they score mm-hmm. and give you like a great start. It all starts right there. And I mean, those horses will give you a really good chance at the start and the great ones, they hunt down the calf. I mean, it's not that they, you want them to really run and every horse that I try to ride can really run, but there's very few that run fast to the calf, you know, mm-hmm. and they know that spot. And that's, you know, like when I watch baby, like she runs to the calf and, you know, those like that, that can score and run to the calf and kill the rope. That's what sets them apart. You know, you don't want a tight horse, but you want one, that gives you a chance to let go of the rope. And when you're dragging the slack to, to stop the time. And I think that's what, you know, sets those horses apart. Oh, okay. So that, that timing is when you're talking about killing the rope, that's what that means. I just wanted to make sure I had that right. Yeah. You know, it's just being able to stop the clock. Okay. You know, the horses that can, can stop the clock quickly without having that tight feel. And I think that's what makes them great because they don't ever take your throw. But I mean, on the drag, the slack, the time is stopping. Awesome. And then when we talk about those, those things that are evolving, um, the difference in the horses through the years, as a trainer, have you had to adjust anything, um, that you're doing in the practice pen with these horses? Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, the scoring, you, you got to make sure that, you teach them to throttle and teach them to blast from the corner. Um, I dang sure work on making sure that they get to the left hip of the calf right away, get the crossover right away. And the main thing that 
I've always done more or less those things, um, training calf horses. But the main thing that I have had to evolve myself and change is, and I mentioned it earlier, was those horses need to be stopped mm-hmm. on the pull of the slack. And I wanted my horses to stop at the top of the slack for years. And it's... um. It, it it takes, you know, a couple tents and you don't have a couple tents to um, to give out there. I mean, when you're roping with the greatest breakaway ropers there are, I mean, you got to be able to get the clock stopped. And so I've I've revamped how I, you know, how I train, you know, train the horses. Heck yeah. And so we're we're talking about these great horses but where are people finding these prospects? Because, you know, on the market side, I've heard people say there's a shortage of breakaway horses going out. I don't know if that's for sure true. Um, that's why we brought you in. But um, where where are people finding good horses? Man, it's not a lack of finding good horses. It's being able to afford them. Okay. Um, you know, the the horse market has exploded and and it's a great, great thing. But then also when you're trying to buy them to train, it makes it kind of hard because you're wanting them, you know, thankful to all the fraternities, thankful for all these incentives, stallion incentives and all that, but it's made the, you know, it skyrocketed the prices. Well, you know, like if you want to get one that you can do, all these things on and compete on and all that, I mean, it's going to cost some money, but I mean, you know, it before, if you would say a cutting reject, um, they didn't cost that much. Well, now there, nothing's a reject. I mean, if they did not make it in some event, then they're in some other incentives or whatever that are going to make great horses in other events. But when you have to take the chance as a trainer that you're going to go, hey, I'm going to spend 30000 um, and what if he doesn't make? Then what are you going to do with him? And I think people have kind of gotten a little nervous about, you know, spending that much money um, before they have them trained in their, you know, in their discipline. But, man, those horses, there's so many great horses out there. I mean, there's so many great studs and so many great mares, you know, that they're breeding and these, you know, the incentive programs and all. It's just, it's, it's made it for a really great thing, but it makes it kind of hard for a a trainer to just jump out there and want to spend, you know, that much money. Used to, you could buy three really good prospects for 30,000. Now you're lucky to find one at that. That makes a lot of sense because I was, thinking about earlier how it feels like that middle market for horses is, is shrinking. You know, you can yes. find some really cheap horses, but there's so much, there's so many more in the high end. And and that makes sense. Cause well, if it's not going to make a barrel horse, make a head horse and it's not going to make a head horse right. tried on the heels. That, that makes, see, I always learn things when I talk to you. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but that's just what I've kind of learned through this, uh, through all of this, I mean, I, I look for horses all the time and I look for them, you know, from the rainers to the working cow horses, to the cutters, to, I mean, I look in every kind of this one. You can even look ranch horses. I mean, I look everywhere and it's, um, I, that, that's what I've learned from, 
Yeah. And it's hard anymore to be competitive. You know, like my first breakaway horse was this ancient, ancient old tie down horse that was just crippled and she wasn't real fast. And she was, I actually think you, I think I had her at your first, the first clinic I went to of yours. Her name was Miss Kitty. Um, yeah. Had a big old head and she was so great to learn on, but she was competitive up here, but it would be hard to competi- be competitive on something like that probably nowadays. Yeah, depending on the situation you do, you you have to have a lot of horse. For sure. Um, so if let's say you had a crystal ball in front of you, um, as far as the horse side of breakaway in the market, what would you predict in the next few years the dire- direction the market's going? I feel it's going to continue to keep going up. Mm. Um, there's a lot of these girls that are training horses and for them. in them. Um, they, there's more and more breakaway ropers, you know, roping. Like they're, we're, we're gaining breakaway ropers every day. And the girls are handy. You know, it's, it's not that years ago, you, you know, if you were going to train a, roping horse a man was going to do that and that's not the case anymore i mean there's so many young women out there that train great great roping horses from the heading to the healing to the you know to the breakaway roping and it's um i don't see i don't see it anytime soon doing anything but going up that's what we like to hear exactly (laughs) Well, thank you so much again for letting me bug you today, and hopefully I'll get to see you soon. I hope you do. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Larry D. Guy, and we are so sad we're not seeing her in Las Vegas this year at the NFBR, but we know she's been there before, and I have a feeling she'll be back again. We've got one interview left in our Rapid Fire series that's going to drop Tuesday morning, so you guys can listen to it right before the NFBR. I cannot wait. It is with the one and only Amy Wilson. Again, I told you guys I wanted to dive into the production side of things and really get a feel for all aspects of the breakaway industry going into the NFBR. So yes, we're talking to those other media outlets, seeing how things look from the other side of things so that you guys can gain a better understanding of the NFBR from the Breakaway Ropers perspective and also the production side. We're going to be snagging a ton of interviews while we're at the NFBR. Our whole team is going to be there on the ground. You're going to meet Lillian, Taylor, Chelsea, and myself if you're at the NFBR and you're going to see us running around getting all the great content for the TikToks, the podcasts, the articles, the Facebook posts, you name it, we're there. We are your source for all things NFBR coverage thanks to some amazing sponsors. Again, today's episode is brought to you by Gold Buckle Horse Sale, so make sure to check out goldbucklehorsesale.com for more information about upcoming sales and how you can get involved with your horse. Alrighty, we'll be back in just a few hours to give you your final preview episode before the NFBR kicks off at 2 p.m. Vegas time at the South Point Arena in Las Vegas. Make sure to check out the show notes online under Breakaway Breakdown Podcast on BreakawayRopingJournal.com to dive deeper into today's episode and learn more about Larry D. Guy and some great breakaway horses and some resources for you guys 
that may be wondering what to look for in a breakaway horse. Talk to you all soon.